Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. It is time for Coffee with the Coach. And it is Fred Flunk already in, gave us a little bit of a uh, shot uh, from Ireland. We are coming to you from the island of Hawaii, as we always do during this time of the year. And we have got our coffee cup loaded with Java. And we are about to take off on what will be probably about an hour and a half long show. And it's a packed show. We're going to highlight the running back position in the draft. We're going to stack our draft board with Spencer Zimmerman, our draft guru, right away at 8. And then we are going to go to Georgia Neil Reynolds, which is, I tell you what, this is a great story. And I've been trying to do some background work. I believe that George is the first Brit Ball quarterback to ever go to North America on an athletic scholarship. And he will go to the University of Ottawa and play for the University of Ottawa in Canada. And then we're going to have newly minted Atlanta Falcons safety Eric Harris will be with us and we'll take questions all through the show. It is a big time show and we got all already a bunch of people in. I uh, want to get to touch on Mikey, get out here and then let's talk a little, let's talk a little news here. Um, really good news for you and in, in your Broncos are making a run at putting together. George Patton's putting together a pretty stout defense in Denver. I think everybody in the AFC West, including the Raiders and, and, and the Chiefs should be very concerned. I mean, that defense is looking pretty cool. I mean, Cal Fuller is a big pickup, Jeff, a big fan of him. I think he's going to really be that piece, that, that missing piece, especially when you've got guys like Kareem Jackson coming back today. So excited to see what's going to happen. He obviously comes back on a, a cut deal, which shows you that players are starting to believe again. And I think I think it's good for football. If, if, if the Chiefs have a bit of competition, I think they're a quarterback away, to be honest. And a lot of people are saying that now. If they did get a Sean or, or get somebody in the draft, they are really getting there now. And obviously, hey, I, whoa, I whoa, 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 whoa. Pump those brakes there, Bronco boy. Pump those brakes. <laughs> you got easy now. <laughs> but I do think they're going to be definitely better. No question about that. Um, other news, obviously, we got to talk about uh, Deshaun Watson facing more counts now or accusations uh, in his lawsuit, civil lawsuit against him. Uh, that is not a good situation, and I think that's one that the NFL is monitoring very closely, and I would not be surprised if the NFL doesn't come out and make a statement about it very, very, very soon. Uh, Marcus Mariota took a cut to stay with the Raiders, uh, uh, reworked his uh, contract so that the Raiders have more cap space and keeps him in, in, excuse me, in Los Angeles. Corey Davis says he expects Sam Darnold to be the quarterback for the New York Jets, and I, I'd be surprised that that's the case, but again, that's coming from – a guy that feels like he's a he's a legitimate Corey Davis feels he's a legitimate number one receiver. We'll see. Um, and again, I think uh, you know as we get closer to the draft, I know that the mocks are starting to come out. I saw Bucky Brooks did his mock 2.0, and and uh, all the draft gurus are doing their mock. But we're here with our draft guru today, and we're going to talk about one of the positions that a couple years ago was pretty undervalued in the National Football League, but I think it's gained a little stature with the personnel guys this is spencer zimmerman our draft guru spence let's talk running backs yeah it's a good segue jeff i mean let's start at the the number one player Najee harris i i don't think you can really undervalue him he's uh, 6010 230 i mean that's prototypical size really really good thickness in his lower half i mean the thing that jumps out for me just with the prototype measurables it's got 33 and 3 eighth inch arms. I mean, that's longer than some offensive tackles that are playing in the National Football League. 
He had an unbelievable year this year, 1,466 yards, 26 touchdowns on the ground, added another 425 through the air. I mean, he is as ready-made as he can be for the NFL to be a starter. He's got a really balanced skill set. And I like to use this uh, baseball analogy, you know, as we're evaluating players independently, is he can hit all the pitches. He can hit singles, doubles, triples, and home runs. And uh, he's a really instinctive runner in the box and in the open field. He's a split-legged runner, you know, which means he has the ability to cut off both feet and he can elude with his feet, you know, and then he can also has this really nice, powerful stiff arm. And for the smaller bodies that go low on it, you know, he can elevate with a hurdle and keep his balance. So balance, body control, feet. I mean, he's got the total package. Couple that with the strength, you know, very good lower body power to drag uh, tacklers. And I think really a key part to his game is the tempo that he runs with and the gears that he can change. It's almost like a, a, and I hate to use him in the same in the same vein, but it's almost an Adrian Peterson type way that he can kind of set things up with one cut and then gallop with that high step and explode mm-hmm. through the hole. And it's really how his, a lot of uh, you know his explosives are, are created, even though maybe he doesn't have that elite long speed that some of the other uh, running backs have in this draft. But you know, in pass protection, he's solid. He's got all the tools: length, strength, awareness, and willingness. And really, to me, the one of the most underrated or the most underrated part to his game is the ball skills and the run after the catchability. And I want to highlight one game, this Florida game. You know, he has three touchdowns in the air in the Florida game. The first game or the first touchdown, he runs a flat and he's got the linebacker and man coverage. He spins inside off the linebacker to eludes him, then takes the safety head on in the goal line, drops his pads for the first touchdown. The second touchdown, he lines up out wide at wide receiver. And he ends up running a little kind of stutter post under a clear out safety. It's a it's a great concept in in either three deep or, or four, you know, any, any type of zone coverage. And he runs underneath the coverage, catches the ball in stride for 30 yards for a touchdown, you know, up the seam. His third touchdown, he's running from the backfield or he releases from the backfield, sets the linebacker up with a little shake and elusiveness and freezes him on a Texas route. And then runs up the middle of the goal line, takes on, you know, two converging safeties, drops his pads and breaks a tackle for a touchdown. So just the wide array of uh, ability he has in the passing game, coupled with the size, coupled with the vision, coupled with the pass protection. I mean, if you're in the first round and you're looking for a starting running back, I, I don't know how he doesn't fit, you know, all 32 teams in the NFL. I, I really like Najee Harris. You know what, Spence, uh, we used a clip of him against Notre Dame to promo the show and he catches the ball out of the backfield and the safety comes to cut him off and the safety tries to go low on him. And I'm not talking about ankle low. I'm talking about just about hip high and he hurdles him and never loses a stride comes out of the hurdle. And you know, that sold me right there. And then you add on top of it, the fact he's an Alabama guy, he's been coached hard. He understands that how to be physical, any concern that you have, about and I've heard this voiced by some personnel guys in the past with Alabama running backs that they have a tendency to they take so many hits in spring practice and during the year that they're the you know you worry about them being a little hit out. But any concerns that way with this guy? No, I think the interesting part about Alabama running backs though is uh, they don't really have a full full like college year load because of all the starters that they have to play behind. So. He got plenty of burn this year. I mean, he had 251 attempts, you know, plus 43 catches. So 
Uh, I don't. And, and Jeff, you touched on it. And I want to touch on this, the accountability factor. I mean, this is someone on tape, but you don't really see that much. There was a, a sequence against Old Miss where they jumped up. They jumped offside twice in the red zone. First, it was the guard. Then it was the tight end. And you see him get up from his stance, walk over to the tight end, you know, and give him an earful and hold him accountable. And they're up, you know, two touchdowns at that point. And it's just something I wanted to highlight because that's just someone that wants to win. You know, we talked a lot about those Alabama guys and he has that spirit. I'm not too worried about the load. He is very similar to a, uh, a California native, Marshawn Lynch. You know, it's someone that he really reminds me of from a skill set wise. And ironically, he's actually signed Marshawn Lynch's a marketing agency uh, has him signed as an athlete. So maybe there was a little uh, skill set fit there that led to the uh, business marriage. Well, I'm going to tell you something. If you want to know about the guy off the field, right, you want to know about the kind of leader he is, the kind of teammate he is, Alabama just had their pro day, right? Yeah. Mac Jones working out, all those guys working out. He drives, pays his own way, drives 10 hours to Tuscaloosa to watch his teammates and to root on his teammates at their pro day. He didn't work out. He had nothing to gain by it. He did it anonymously, you know, and all of a sudden he shows up at pro day to root on his teammates. And that's the kind of guy that you want in your locker room. I agree. Okay. Who you got at two? Yeah. Number two is an interesting one. It's going to be uh, Javante Williams out of North Carolina. So Javante's uh 5096 So a little bit, uh, undersized from a height perspective, but has great thickness and, and the build that you want. And he had another good year, 1140 yards, 7.3 yards per carry. Um, the interesting thing about Javante, so he's a true junior that came out this year and he actually technically wasn't the lead back at UNC. You know, although the touches were pretty equal, you would see him, you know, normally in that second series. Um, and Javante is just loaded with athletic traits. He's got suddenness, explosive power, and top end speed to hit the home runs. And that's a really effective combo. I mean, when you have the suddenness to cut and sequence his cuts, like he has the ability to do, and he can get vertical and really explodes into contact. I mean, it's it's car, ca car crash collisions that you see with this guy. And then on top of that all, I mean, he's got the he's got that home run speed to hit it. So I loved him as a runner, just with all the traits that he had. And then you know, in protection, you know, he's going to use his balance and base, that natural thickness and size uh, to absorb charges and bulls really well. Um, he's a little bit of a body catcher in the passing game, but I'm OK with it because when he does get the ball in the open field, I mean, you see the athletic traits, you see that suddenness, you see that long speed. And one thing that stuck out for me against Javante was actually uh, when he didn't have the ball in his hands. And it was a series against uh, Wake Forest where they were in a gun uh, two-back set with his fellow running back, and he was actually lead blocking on a running back counter. And he leads up. The linebacker comes to fill. He absolutely decleats the linebacker as a lead blocker, knocks him three yards down. I go, okay, you, know, you mark that, like decleats the linebacker. That next play, they come back, and they run the same action with a play action, but the same counter action. It's a new linebacker, luckily, this time. He steps up. <laughs> The same time off play action and Javante decletes him. And that just speaks like when you have that type of natural explosive power, I mean, that's going to be a night nightmare in the NFL, kind of generating that yards after contact, having to deal with that suddenness. So I think he's just got all the tools and traits, being a true junior, not having the tremendous wear and tear on him to, uh, you know, really grow and, and flourish even at the next level. And 
you know, the comparison that I see him for from a skill set is a, a former first round pick years ago. Some Bucks fans may remember is Doug Martin, you know, the muscle yeah. hamster. And I mean, when you look at Doug Martin, maybe his career didn't end the way, but uh, you know, when, just more durability. But when he was healthy, he was a 1400 yard rusher for two years in Tampa Bay, you know, and he had some injury years, but very similar to Doug Martin, maybe even a little bigger. I know that they measurable match up well, but just on tape, you feel he's a little bit bigger as a runner. So I, I really like this, this guy's upside. You know, I think there's a lot of upside with him. All right. Number three. Yeah. Number three is going to be a uh, kind of a, a prolific guy in the sense of very talked about in the college football setting, Travis Etienne out of Clemson. You know, he's 5'101", uh, 215. Um, and again, this this guy's been really productive uh, early on in his career and has had three really good seasons at Clemson. And he's a really smooth athlete, you know, and, and where I want to highlight his strengths in his game is actually in the passing game. I mean, the hands and the route running ability are, are really, really high end. You know, this guy can detach, you know, and line up in the slot or line up out wide you know, and run routes like a receiver and run the whole route tree. You know, I think he's re really, really smooth in that sense. And, you know, as a runner, you know, he's got good burst after the catch. Um, he's got patience and vision. He's agile and he's got the long speed to hit the home runs. You know, he's he's more of a one cut uh, player. So you're not going to see him really like jump cut or a lot of lateral cuts, but he's got wiggle, you know, where he's going to set things up. And what we like to call in the scouting industry is he's a slasher, you know, where he's going to slash and kind of weave through and, you know, when he gets that open field, you know, he's got that speed, that four, four, five timed at his pro day speed uh, to hit the home runs. You know, some of the things that uh, why maybe he wasn't, you know, because you hear about him talked about being some of the top guys, just the uh, the yards after contact. You know, I wasn't crazy about that. And then, and then the last thing is probably one of the more important things is just the pass protection. You know, I thought it was a little concerning You know, I thought he was aware and would set up. I just was worried about the execution after that and, and at the college level how that was going to compound uh, in an NFL setting. So I think for him, it's going to be knowing what he can do really well, excelling in a scheme that's going to use him in that way, you know, where he's going to be a 60-plus uh, ball catcher in the offense and still use him, obviously, as a running back. And, uh, yeah, the player comp that I just see him for is actually a current player in the NFL. It's Marlon Mack uh, for the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, I, I think you're right, uh, Spence, about this one. I think it's so important for this guy to get to the right offense and a coordinator to use him as a primarily – I see him as a third down back, an impact guy in third downs. I, I think if you put him in the backfield, you are going to get linebackers running through all day long because defensive coordinators are going to make him – they're going to test him based upon what I saw on film. That is a concern to me, the, the, uh, the pass protection. But, boy, oh, boy, you cannot, cannot – uh, discount the productivity, the all-time leading touchdown score in the ACC. I mean, really, 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 a really good player. All right, who you got it for? Yeah, number four, uh, we talked about Javante Williams not being the uh, the lead starter at North Carolina. Well, the uh, the lead senior running back was uh, Michael Carter. He's going to come in at number four. Yeah. Michael's uh, 5071, uh, 202, uh, and he had another really good year. He had the 1,245 yards on the ground. He had eight yards per carry. Eight yards, they almost averaged a first down per carry, um, and and you know Mike's really a he's a compact, thick short stepper with really good short area quickness. I mean he's elusive in a phone booth, you know, with the stop and start quickness and just the decisive cutting ability, and obviously being five one, I mean he's got natural leverage and it gives him that natural contact balance to kind of pinball off tacklers and to pull through. You know, some guys that don't get leverage and, and low enough on them. 
Um, you know, uh, the, the top end speed isn't ideal, but I think he's got really good vision and he always makes that first defender miss as a runner, which allows him to set up some of these big runs, you know, hit these doubles or triples uh, as a runner. And, you know, although he doesn't have maybe the the fluidity and, and uh, the catch radius that Travis Etienne has, he's really dependable in the passing game. I mean, this is a guy who caught all, everything was in his frame. He catched and he's going to create after the catch. Um, and again, my favorite thing about him, and, and we touched on it conversely with Etienne, is he is firm and aggressive as a pass protector. I mean, he eats up Blitzer's space in his setup. He has that natural leverage and strength to absorb. And it's fun to watch him. I mean, he stalls out people who tries to blitz him. You know, he can just – he has that type of natural leverage and balance. Um, yeah, and, and, and the comp for me and, – and he might be outside of Najee, my favorite running back in this class. I, I just think this guy is going to be such a productive player. And he reminds me of a, a player on the field who was productive is uh, Ray Rice. Just very, very similar in that type of his movement, the short area, the contact balance, the quickness. I really, I like Michael. I, I struggle about putting Michael Carter higher because I think he's going to be a really good pro early, you know, of all the backs outside of Najee. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. And I think that comparison to Ray Rice on the field is a good one. I mean, they're almost the same dimensions and and uh, have that nat- that natural explosiveness and toughness. Fans, if you have any doubts about these North Carolina running backs that Spencer's put in the top five, I want you to go to YouTube and watch the Miami game <laughs> because the only thing that stopped them, the two things that stopped these guys in the Miami game, number one was the back of the end line, right, after they scored a touchdown, and they might have got leg cramps for all the yards they gained that day because, I mean, they took a good Miami defense and just blistered them, so – Check that out if you want to see these two uh, North Carolina running backs getting it done. Uh, Spence, we got a question for you. Doc Twitto says, I think Kenny Gamewell is underrated, has patience and silkiness of Le'Veon Bell in his prime. Ooh, that's a, that's a statement right there. Yeah, I mean, Kenny, he, Kenny Gainwell was close to being number five for me. He just missed out of the top five. He was a, a junior that ended up uh, sitting out this year uh, with the COVID opt-out. And uh, an interesting back, not as obviously big as Le'Veon. You know, he's, he's going to be sub six, sub two pounds, but um, a really good change of pace back to me, you know, where he can detach and he's going to run the route tree. The interesting thing about Kenny was just the the touches, the amount of touches in that Memphis backfield. When you go back and watch his 2019 tape, it was him. It was Antonio Gibson, who was a really productive player for the Washington Redskins. And it was Patrick Taylor Jr., you know, who ended up uh, going to the Green Bay Pactors. So there was a little bit of a fight for touches, but I thought Kenny was very explosive. I think he's going to fit in well in this NFL-type passing game, the way they're using running backs. And he's going to be a really good change of pace back. He just missed the top five for me, but I'm interested to see how he does in his pro day, you know, being out for a year, you know, just knocking off that uh, rust a little bit. All right, who you got at five? Yeah, five was an interesting one. Like I said, a little bit of a dealer's choice because there's a little bit of a drop-off for me from from the one to four. But uh, I ended up slotting in a guy that really uh, finished the year strong, and that's uh, Trey Sermon. So Trey, is a, he's a grad transfer from Oklahoma who, who was productive at Oklahoma. He ended up grad transferring because uh kind of lost his starting role to another player and, and found a, a good fit at Ohio State there. He's a 5-1-1-6-2-13, so he's got – you know, good size. He's got the 32-inch arms, which we, which we really like, and I'll kind of attribute to why it, it, it helps translate at the next level. 
Um, and this is a guy who um, kind of was a, obviously a grad transfer. So it took a, took a little while to get his, uh, get his feet wet there and get acclimated as the starter. But, you know, really the last uh, three games of the year, four games of the year, he kind of became the guy. And, and one of them was highlighted where he had thir- 333, uh, 331 yards against Northwestern. And uh, after that, so in two games, I mean, this is just kind of speaks to the bell cow. What I look for the touches is he had 29 and 31 carries against Northwestern and Clemson, you know, which is important. You know, we're talking about handling that NFL load, but durability. Yeah. Durability. He's a, he's a one cut downhill runner with uh, actually very sneaky build up long speed. So he's bigger, he's upright. I mean, this is a guy who's five, one, one, six, but looks he looks like he's 6'1 on tape just because of his running style. But the interesting thing about him, I thought, is he's got a really loose running style for being a big man. So what I mean by that is just his lower half, I mean, the the lateral quickness, the balance, he's really loose in his lower half. He may not have the foot suddenness, but I think it really helps him. And where it helps him is it gives him really good lateral range in his in his jump cuts or bounce cuts. So he's a guy that you know will see things, be able to bounce it and clear you know, sometimes more than a gap, a gap and a half. And then see that open lane and be able to build up. And, and he clears the second level really quickly. I mean, the thing I kept noting for him is he hit a lot of explosives when he was, probably, you know, 20 plus yard runs. And that was just, you see this sneaky build. Once first linebackers and, you know, obviously being the size he has, the strength, you know, he's going to run through tackles. Um, and like Najee, he's got a stiff arm and will hurdle. So um, I think Trey's going to be a good player. Now, he did hurt his uh, shoulder uh, in that national championship game after the first play. So he's got to get a medical checkup. But, you know, I see him as a guy that can play as a starter. But even if he is that backup role, I think he's going to provide a presence. And his body type with the arm length and the toughness, he can contribute on special teams as well. So that's kind of why he slots in for me at number five. But like I said, it's going to be a dealer's choice based on scheme and fit with some of these other bodies.